Welcome to the Kingdom Educators Podcast, where we empower Christian teachers to grab a hold of heaven's hope-filled perspective so you can activate transformational impact in your classroom and community. I'm your host, Jessica Glover, and I warmly welcome you to wake up to your strategic placement as a Kingdom Educator, anointed by the Creator and equipped by all of heaven to release the radical goodness of God that will transform lives and reshape education. Thank you all for being here this morning. My name is Jessica Glover, and I am a former full-time teacher from Washington State. So it's kind of fun to read about the Coach Kennedy case because Bremerton isn't that far away. I taught 11 years north of Seattle in the Everett School District, nine years in elementary, and two in um, elementary, excuse me, nine in middle school, and two years in elementary. Um, when I met my husband, Jake, and ended up moving to Kansas, to Hayes, Kansas. And I lived there for two years, and now I live in Wichita. And I am subbing for the Mays School District so that I can be aware of teacher needs as well as be praying for our students and teachers um, to hear God's voice, whether they know him or not, that they would hear answers and strategies from heaven because I believe that people hear God's voice before they actually know him and that a standard of righteousness would be raised in my school district. So that is why I am subbing. (laughs) And I am passionate about Christian teachers living their kingdom identity out loud in the classroom because I believe that it brings a significant shift for our colleagues and our students. And um, whether they come to know Jesus or not, they encounter the king through you. And so as we learn how to take God's heart into the schools and we commune with him through teaching connected, I believe that God can use us in ways that we don't even realize. And so that is my heart that I'm coming with today. So without further ado, it is such an honor to be here today. I truly believe that educators are on the ones that are the boots on the ground, on the front line, um, that you're doing the world's most important work, like one of my first principles said. That we are, that you are doing the world's most important work, that you are instilling values and purpose in kids, and you have the opportunity to call out the gifts and talent, skills, and abilities that Father God has put in our kids. And that is a, um, it is a privilege, and it is a beautiful blessing to get to carry God's goodness into the schools. So, yeah, because I believe that just you connecting with Jesus can bring a breakthrough. And that's what we want. So don't doubt what he can do through you. So the title of my message today is, is it's time to receive your upgrade. It's time to receive your upgrade. I just feel like we're in a season of quick moving. We were talking at our table about like the Lord's doing things quickly. And we say yes, and we respond to him. And so I just, I'm coming with a word this morning that's been on my heart um, about upgrade. And sometimes when we think about upgrade, we think about, habit upgrades, or how we use our time, or improving our health, or maybe we need to upgrade our car, or our furniture, or our home, relationship upgrades. But this morning, I want to invite you to have a vision upgrade. I want to um, remind us that we have someone who sees beyond what we see, and that is Father God, and he wants to instill within us his heart. So a little bit about my backstory 20 years ago is when I began teaching, and even though it wasn't my number one choice, I truly wanted to be an international missionary. That was my heart. 
And the Lord's like, nope, you're going to school. And I'm like, okay, here we go. I'm going to go to college. And I was, I came into teaching bright-eyed and expectant of making that impact that I've envisioned when God called me into the world of education. And probably most of us can say when we started, we were like, yes, I'm going to make a difference in kids' lives. They might come to know Jesus through me. There's going to be all these neat things that happen, but you probably can't define exactly what those things are, but you're super excited about it. But then you get in there and you're like, there is a system that does not look like what I thought it would look like. Even for me, I had a pre-service teacher who explained all these neat strategies that I could use. And I got in and they were like, you you teach like this, do, 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 do. And then that's the only way you do it. And then there was the lockstep teams. I was never on one, but I looked at them and I was like, I don't even know how there's room for creativity with this. What does this look like? And I truly believe that when we have sanctified imaginations, we tap into the creativity of heaven. Well, how do you do that? What does that look like? So there I was as the reading specialist who couldn't reconcile reading data with students who hated being in my classroom. And how was I going to last a whole career doing this thing that God had called me to? I was just befuddled. I didn't know what to do. So I did the next thing that you should do, which is to get your master's degree. So here I am, back in school again, working full time, trying to make ends meet. And I have an action research project that I have to do. I'm like, what am I going to focus on? Well, lo and behold, it's student apathy, because that is what I'm facing every single day. So what is the root of student apathy? And so I started looking into this, and I'm like trying to figure out, like, what is the problem, God? Like, why do these kids not want to learn? I have so much to give them, and they don't even see it. They're throwing deaths at me. They're swearing at each other. I've got conflicts between, I lived in a, um, my school district area where this school was at. This middle school was very diverse. So in that region, it was the Mexicans against the Russians. And of course, they were in my class. And so there was always this like huge amount of tension. And I didn't understand it. And I'm this brand new teacher. I had kids hitting on me because I looked so young. It was really, uh, it was wild. Um, so during the master's program, during this class, I had a mentor come into my life who had worked in public education, not as a teacher, but was a man of color. He understood working with kids um, of minority groups and low income. And he was like, would you like to meet with me about being a kingdom person in a school? And I was like, what does this kingdom person thing mean? I mean, at church, I'm learning about like things of the kingdom, who I am in Christ. What does that mean? But what is it? What does kingdom mean? So we ended up meeting sporadically. And during our times getting together, I recognized these truths I've been reading all my life. Like, wait, I am an ambassador. I'm an ambassador for the king. What does that mean? Oh my gosh, I have God's favor on my life. That means that when I step into a place, that he gives me every place where my, my foot goes. And ironically, that heart for missions, God brought it back every single summer. He would tell me in January where I was going. So I ended up in places like Asia, doing prayer walking, preparing the ground for missionaries to come in and the gospel to be preached. And then in the school year, I was teaching. But it was during those times of going out that like people like Joshua were bringing up him. Every place your, the sole of your foot touches, that becomes God's territory. It's your territory. So recognizing like, oh, when I am going into my school, I am an ambassador. I'm carrying the king's signet ring, if you will, his ring of favor, where he 
delegates his authority to me in the schools. So I'm in Isaiah 61 light. I'm getting my classroom is my territory with the authority that God has given me, and I'm connected to God's heart. His heart for what? My students, right? That's where that impact comes in. I can begin to see their gifts, their talents, their skills, and their abilities, and I can call it out. He called it calling out the gold. I love that. So I call out the gold in them. I even realized through my real-life action research that the answer to student learning apathy was actually the absence of kids not understanding their true identity. And what war are we in right now? <laughs> identity, hello, right? So we can instill real purpose and identity in our students, but it becomes when we wake up to who we are. So we can actually help our kids to rise above the challenges inside and out of school by them recognizing who they really are. But it all hinges on us partnering. And that's, that's my first upgrade here is our number one upgrade is partnering with the king in education. So whether we are a teacher, a para, an administrator, a parent, a community prayer warrior, you've been invited to teach, connected, or work in tandem with the king of kings. In Isaiah 43, 16 through 19, it says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. And from Song of Solomon 2, 13 through 14, in the Passion Translation, it says, can you not discern this new day of destiny breaking forth around you? The early signs of my purposes and plans are bursting forth. The budding vines of new life are now blooming everywhere. The fragrance of their flowers whispers, there's change in the air. So arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place. For now is the time to arise and come away with me. For you are my dove, hidden in the split open rock. And if you look into that, it's actually being hidden in the wounds of Jesus. We are hidden in his side. His blood covers us. It was I who took you and hid you up high in the secret stairway of the sky. Now let me see your radiant face and hear your sweet voice. How beautiful your eyes of worship and lovely your voice in prayer. He's inviting us to connect with him. He's inviting us to hear his thoughts for us and for our kids and to see up in a new way that higher upgraded vision. So our upgrade in partnership is with the king of heaven. And it includes a response for us to lift our eyes. It's a new season to live and see from heaven's perspective where all things are possible. All things. Like in Matthew 19, 26, right? There nothing is impossible for God. Okay? So it's impossible to see clearly without God's perspective because we get his higher view. We can see his purpose and receive his power. Listen to that again. It's impossible to see clearly without God's perspective because when we get his higher view, we can see his purpose and receive his power. So think about Ephesians 1.17. It's like through 2.7. We are seated in heavenly places above all powers and principalities, powers and dominions. We're invited to carry the glory of the king. We're actually his glory carriers wherever we go, but we have to get our eyes on him and we need to be rooted in the truth that we know the word so that we can actually wield it, live it. <laughs> and this is this hour of like we, ra us raising up 
um, and understanding that we need the word so badly because we get washed over by lies so quickly if we're not careful. Mm -hmm. The second part of our invitation to this upgrade is receiving um, God's perspective. I sort of dipped into that already, but how he sees our calling and our purpose and how he sees those we serve, our students, our colleagues, and our community. God, how do you see? In John 21, 1 through 14, the disciples have been fishing all night, and they had caught nothing, right? In the world of education, it can feel like we continually invest in kids' lives. We're trying to create solutions to unsurmountable problems, but nothing seems to shift, and we start to feel that disheartened place, right? We start to lose heart. But remember in the story that when the disciples saw Jesus on the beach, he encouraged them to cast their nets on the other side. That's a new perspective. I hadn't thought of that, right? I want to propose to you that God's perspective will encourage you that they had a choice. Just like we do, we have a choice. We could ignore God and stick to what we know, what's comfortable, right? But instead, the disciples took a chance. Would you be willing to take a chance? We know that they caught more fish than their nets could hold. I want to propose to you that it's big fish season. But we need the upgraded perspective of how God sees it. What does he see? Because he says that the impossible is now possible if you'll lean into what? our good daddy's heart, and gain his perspective. We partner with God by believing, Mark 9, 23, all things are possible for the one who believes. Do we believe? Are we lifting our eyes? Are we stuck in what the word says? Because if I'm out of, line, out of alignment with the word, then I'm just going to believe nothing is impossible for God. But there's a response. Am I going to believe? When I believe, that's my yes. My yes to saying, yes, Lord, I will go where you ask me to go. Yes, Lord, I will try the new way. I will cast my net on the other side. Sometimes, like Gideon in Judges 6, we get stuck in our circumstances and we can't see clearly. But God is here today to unlock the ways that the enemy may have been isolating you, bringing fear to cripple you so you wouldn't function at your highest capacity. But God is promising you that I am with you here until the end of the age to give you my perspective so you can see with my purpose and be filled with my power so our key is connection with Father God's perspective of ourselves, our calling to the world of education, our calling to our students and to our community and this city. So I'm actually going to have you, I'm going to give you an invitation right now. If this is something that you want to do, I'm going to have us actually do a declaration. And um, you've been sitting for a super long time, so I'm going to have you stand up. Because there's something about, it's almost like a prophetic act. When we stand up, it activates us to go, oh, I am making a shift right now, okay? So I'm going to read a line. It's just the things I've been sharing. And if you want to repeat with me, please do. It's an invitation. So it's, it sounds like this. I say yes to my upgraded position. I say yes to my upgraded position. To teach connected with God. I decree and declare that I will not miss my moment. 
because I'm unwilling to cast my net on the other side. I will humble myself to see from God's perspective. He will give me his perspective of who I am and who he is to me. I declare that with God's strength, I will win. I will see breakthrough in the world of education. I declare that I've been strategically placed by the king for such a time as this. God, you are good. And I trust you to finish every good thing that you've begun in me and my school. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. So good. So, are you ready to shift into your upgrade? It's partnership with God in our classrooms is powerful and positioned, and we're positioned for powerful impact. So my prayer is that you, too, would begin recognizing your competitive advantage. It's that we hear God's voice 24-7. We have access to the King of glory, the one most holy. That means we lack no good thing. <laughs> no good thing. Sometimes on rough days, I tell myself, I lack no good thing. <laughs> I have everything I need for life and godliness and every spiritual blessing in Christ. I can receive strength, ideas, and strategies beyond this world system, beyond the current curriculum, beyond what I think is good, beyond what has worked. We can ask any time for what we need, and we can receive wisdom instantly. Okay, so it's just pressing in. Am I hearing? Am I attuning my ear to the voice of my good shepherd, right? Okay, fun testimony about that. I just taught a class uh, in Wichita at a local church that offered this to the city's teachers, and one of my teachers who took your kingdom classroom she has not been hearing God's voice in her teaching. She had never even thought of that before. And we had two sessions where I talked about kingdom identity. And then we started talking about what does that look like in your classroom? So she teaches at a dyslexic school and she has a child who has heard the same lesson for, is it two weeks straight or was it longer? I'm trying to remember exactly. Anyway, she said, I felt so bad because I was getting very frustrated that this girl cannot get the two vowel sounds of Y. I said, girl, if I taught the same lesson for two weeks and a child wasn't getting it, that would drive me crazy too. Don't feel bad. So in that moment, she's like, and then I just heard the Holy Spirit drop in my spirit. I am the healer. And she's like, oh yeah. Lord, I just pray that you would tighten all of the loose screws in this kid's head now that's just a figure of speech right but it kind of makes us chuckle the holy spirit actually had me share that in that class and she was like i like that <laughs> so she prayed that and immediately the kid got it she understood i was like kristen that's a miracle that's a tiny little miracle that is going to make a big breakthrough through for this kid i'm not being frustrated Right? And so that was a really big deal. But simple ways of tuning in to the voice of God is his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So our invitation, 
and I, back to my story that I began to see myself as an ambassador of the king, remember? So we start to see ourselves as ambassador of the king. The result is, is that I began each day asking Father God what he was seeing and how he wanted to partner with me. I started with setting my classroom atmosphere, walking through and praying over my desks and chairs, the windows and the doors. I invited friend Holy Spirit to come with peace and power and healing. And I would play wordless worship music during the school day. My kids started to say things like, my name was Miss Thompson back then, but Miss Thompson, it feels so peaceful in here. I just like being in here. I was like, that's because God has this place. Like I have set it apart for him, right? Whether I use anointing oil or not, it's me just being in there and inviting his presence to come. They knew that they were safe and loved and wanted because God was using me as a minister of reconciliation. And that's what the word says that we are. We draw all men to the heart of the father. Right? 2 Corinthians 5.18. So um, ministry was preparing that space. I was choosing as a minister of the king to prepare it so that they, the, my students would be touched by the heart of God during their learning and during the times of creating, that they would be activated by the Holy Spirit in the work that they were doing, whether they were in a low reading class, a creative writing class, or they were doing a college prep class. They could hear from God, because I provided, provided space for him to come. A quick testimony, this is fun. Um, during a social studies lesson in a uh, sixth grade class, we had a, the kids had a debate over the three major religions. And at the end of the period, the bell rang, we're shuffling everything to put it away. This kid comes up to me and he is crying. Like there's tears streaming down his face. Now what you need to know about this kid is that he had an issue with women in authority. He did not like me. So every day he'd come in and he pushed my buttons. He was trying to see if I was really going to hold him to my standards, to behavior standards, et cetera. He comes up to me and he's like, I just, I just feel like I need to give my heart to Jesus right now. And to be honest with you, I was totally caught off guard. And I, I, there was a, two little girls that were up next to him and I knew that they knew the Lord. And I was like, can you lead him to Jesus. And they're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The kid comes back totally different the next day, has no issues with me and is happy to be there. Now, little backstory. Remember I was surprised. The Holy Spirit reminded me, Jessica, you've been setting your classroom apart for a couple years now. Like, why would you not be surprised that a miracle would happen like that? Like a salvation. But I was so caught up with my separation between church and state that it was almost like Oh, I, God is bigger than the system. And that even though my principal would hate that that conversation just happened, I don't need to be afraid to lead him myself to Jesus. And I felt convicted in the moment about that. But quick backstory, another one, this is another fun testimony, is that I learned through my time with my mentor how to set new classroom management that would work for my kids to recognize who God was calling them to be. So I created a classroom management system based on identity. And the activities that I started the school with is actually in the book right here, Speaking Words of Life in Your Classroom. I'm gonna come back to it in just a second. But I used affirmations that were actually truth declarations based on the word in my class. And they're, they're in here. If you want to pick up a copy, it's at the book table. 
but I would have my kids stand up and they would declare who they were. So I made them stand up because it activated them just like we just did. And so they would say things like, I am a change agent in my family, school, and neighborhood. I was born to do great things. Now, how did it really start? Why are we doing this? This is so ridiculous. I can't believe, right? Sixth, seventh, and eighth graders, right? So I would just play the game. It's going to be great. Da -da -da -da. Okay, by the third week, these kids owned it. They were. I am a family. I am a change agent in my family, school, and neighborhood. I will watch what goes into my ears and what comes out my mouth because it matters. I do have answers to what I do have answers to what this um, what this world needs. So it's calling out like what God has put in them that they're learning they're going to do. Um, anyway, a superintendent walks in in the middle of this sixth grade classroom. I had just moved schools, and I was like, oh, and this was a completely different neighborhood. This is like the private public school where you get a million emails from the parents because they want to tell you what you did wrong or what their kid needs, and it's like to the T, and I was not used to that. Anyways, superintendent walks in, and he's like, wow, this is a different classroom. <laughs> and my kids are reciting these things that it's on back in the days of the overhead, right? So... When kids recognize that they are world changers, they step into what? A true identity from who? The king. They become confident leaders who know they have ideas worth sharing. So apathy, it's leaving. That whole like, why are we doing this? It leaves because they recognize God's spirit in us calling out who they are. It's like calling out the greatness. That's what the secular world would call it. So it's thinking higher thoughts, and they want to start to share with the class because they believe what they have to say matters. You have more of this. The, then we create a class credo based on Thomas Paine's Entrepreneur's Credo, which is really cool because it helps kids step out of an idea of dependence upon the state to actually believe that they were born to make finances themselves. They were born to be people of creativity. They created the neatest things. Um, we probably don't have time for me to read one. That's okay. Okay, this, when the kids put this together, so I would explain what all the words meant because it's like, it, it feels like old English to them. But this was one that one of my latest classes wrote and it was, um, I don't wanna be ordinary, I wanna be unique. I have the right to seek opportunity and I don't want to be constantly looked after. I am not afraid to take risks or dream of building and succeeding. I refuse to exchange my life's purpose for doing work I don't enjoy. I'll take on all the challenges I'm faced with for I'd rather have good feelings when I finish than have accomplished nothing in the peace of paradise. I will never swap liberty for being taken care of, not even my purpose to be served all my days I will never cower before anyone I meet, nor flinch to any peril. It is my responsibility and my destiny to stand tall for my freedom, to not be afraid to think, speak, and act for myself. I want to live and enjoy my life and face the world boldly and announce to everyone, this I have done, and all is this is what it means to be a student and a creator. Thank you. Those kids are actually, I think they just started college last year. I stayed in contact with one of them. Um, but you can hear like the heart of freedom. You can hear the heart of like identity in there and being someone who is capable, which I feel like is being ripped from kids, right? So 
Uh, the point I want to make is that our students and our colleagues, they need us to be fully who God made us to be, victorious in Christ, living out what Jesus already paid for so that we, so that they can be touched by the goodness of God in you. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and transition toward the end of my thing, but I know, Jody, you want me to go through this really quick here. Yes. Yes. And then I'm going to do an activation and we'll be out of here. Okay, so can you scroll? So on your table, there is a card. It's got the real basics on here. I have a business called Kingdom Educators, and I serve Christian teachers who want to step into their kingdom identity and make a difference in the classroom. Um, this is the website if you were to go to it. Oh, you can just scroll down. Oops, that's okay. Will you go back to the main page? Just hit on Kingdom Educator. There we go. If you scroll down to the bottom of the page, there's a free resource I want you to grab a hold of. You can just keep on going down. There's a pop-up page. There we go. So there's a freebie. Um, there's, there's 10 daily declarations of truth that include your identity and helping you step into God's purposes for you to bring breakthrough in your classroom. So you can grab a hold of that there. And then um, I am... Today, I've got a course that's coming out. I think it's on Friday, or it's, it's just next weekend. It's called From Burnout to Burning Bright. And it's stepping into your kingdom identity. It's hearing God's voice. It's basically getting the vision of heaven, growing in confidence, and being a kingdom educator in action. And so there's I've got some friends who join me on um, teacher heart care, and that's not an organization. It's taking care of your heart and hearing God's voice <laughs> to see breakthrough in your own life because when you get set free, then you can bring freedom to other people. And then also um, making truth declarations and repenting to truth. Sometimes we need to pause and do that. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap our time up. Jake will be at the table if you'd like to purchase the course ahead of time, and he has a special deal for you. I believe it is 50% off right now, and um, we are going to go ahead and do an activation today, and so I just, with this whole upgrade piece, I feel like the Lord is inviting us to this new space of seeing like he sees, but sometimes in that place, we need to exchange things that have not worked for us in, in our thinking. And so our um, the third part I wanted to bring today is remaining in the light. And how do we remain in the light, remain in Jesus, remain in truth? And it's letting go of the things that have not served us well. So sometimes I call it brushing off. So at the end of the day, it's giving back all of the ungodly responsibilities that we've taken I even talked to a teacher friend this week, and she was like crying on the phone about how heavy this stuff is. And my question to her is, what's your lane? What's the thing God has called you to? Because you have grace for it. The other stuff, we don't. And it's not ours, right? Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, right? His yoke is easy, and his burden is light. When we take the ones that are not ours on ourselves, we are heavy. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to have us go ahead and stand up at the end here. And we're remembering that our thoughts come from three places, God, the devil, and ourselves. And when we agree with a lie, it becomes ours, right? It becomes our belief. And so they could be titles or names that we've taken on ourselves. Um, but we're going to stop and ponder which of these thoughts 
have we said internally or aloud? And I'm just going to have you close your eyes so you're not distracted so you can think in your own brain right now. But have you ever said one of these things? I'm not good at. I will never. I can't possibly. I'll never be able to. I can't afford. I don't have time for. I'm stuck in these areas. So-and-so or such-and-such will never change. What if these thoughts are what makes us feel exhausted, weary, and cause us to constantly live in survival mode? Victim mentality has become our place of comfort and safety when we grab a hold of these thoughts. Sometimes it's easier to hide under limiting beliefs, under like, it'll always be like this, than to actually hope and suffer the possibility of being disappointed. But there's also a place that we hide and it's called unbelief. Can I actually upgrade into partnership with Jesus where I gain his hope-filled perspective, where I have limitless strength and joy and energy, and I receive solutions to my unsurmountable problems? I want to say to you that today he says yes. And it starts with surrendering the words, surrendering the words we've agreed with. So we're going to do a quick God exchange. I'm going to invite you to put out your hands if you want to. Okay? Greater revelation of God's love is here for you right now. So I'm going to ask you to think of one limiting belief that you've held on to that hasn't served you well. I want you to picture it and just hold it in your hands. And we're going to take it to Jesus, and he's going to remove the shame, the heaviness, and give you a new identity. So Jesus, I just ask that you would come show yourself to each of these amazing world changers in this room. We thank you that you're here to break off small-mindedness and any victim mentalities that we've been entertaining that keep us earthbound and carnal in our thinking. So Jesus, I ask that you would stand before each one of these people I'm just going to invite you to picture him standing right before you to see the smile on his face because he's so happy to see you. You're his beloved. And as soon as you're ready, I want you to take your limiting belief in your hands and hand it to Jesus. You might even note what he does with it. And then ask him what he has in it for you in exchange. Lord, what do you have in exchange for us? And be expectant. Lord, we thank you that you have good things for us. That just like in Jeremiah 29, 11, you say, I know the plans I have for you. They are good. They're not for disaster but to give you hope in the future. We thank you for taking the heavy in exchange for your light. We thank you, Lord, for the clarity that only comes from heaven. And we thank you for the rest deep down inside that is when we remain connected to you, and we follow you, we've done exactly what you've asked us to do. We've stayed in our lane and we can trust that you are working all things together for our good and your glory. And we can let go of all the other things 
thank you that we can come to you anytime and, and do the same exchange. We can hand the stuff, the, the thoughts, the people, everything to you. I, I speak protection. I speak the blood of Jesus over each person in this room. I thank you, Lord, for your covering over our minds, over our hearts, over our bodies. I thank you, Lord, for clarity from heaven again. I thank you, Lord, for discernment and wisdom beyond our years. I thank you, Lord, for the assurance that comes from your word that we are found, that we are loved, safe, and wanted. I thank you, Lord, that as we get deeper and deeper into your love embrace, that you love to leak out of us your goodness to those we encounter, that we find ourselves walking in a grace that is light and life because it's you, Jesus, flowing in and through us. And so I just thank you, Lord, for a seal over our time together. And I thank you, Lord, for your commissioning that you are wanting and loving to use us. And you're excited. <laughs> you're excited to partner with us in and around the schools, whatever our calling is to them. And we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into this podcast. Please be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share with your friends in education so they too can be strengthened and encouraged in living their kingdom identity out loud in this pivotal hour. And please visit kingdomeducators.com to receive your Kingdom Educator Daily Truth Declarations, my encouraging newsletter, and be the first to know about my newest resources online and in-person events. And be sure to find me on the socials at kingdom.educators. Until next time, don't forget you are a history maker and what you do every day is transforming lives.